All right, everybody, welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. We're here at Vive, and this is the part two of the episode that we were chatting with you about. I've got Pascal Podvin, Chief Revenue Officer of Order, with me. Pascal's been making his mark in Silicon Valley startups since 1991 and as a cybersecurity expert since 2014. With deep knowledge of the U.S., European, and Asian markets, he's driven hyper-growth businesses to $100 million consistently, leading the way to optimal exits. Prior to joining Order, he held CRO and CEO positions with SaaS enterprise software companies. Based in New York City, Podvin has a passion for sales, strategic alliances, and customer engagement, as well as for driving VC funding. I also have the pleasure of Jeremy Haltum joining us. He's the Director of Sales Engineering at Order, responsible for the global sales engineers' efforts and initiatives. His background is in networking, computer engineering, electrical engineering, networking, and a specialty in cybersecurity. And we also have the amazing Jim Brady. He is the CISO for M Health Fairview. Jim is the VP of Infrastructure Operations and Information Security and CISO for M Health Fairview. Prior to joining M Health Fairview, Jim was the Chief Information Officer at Los Angeles County Department of Health Services, the second largest municipal health system in the nation with the integrated system of 19 health centers and four hospitals. Jim was previously the CIO at Kaiser Permanente Orange County and the CTO and CISO at Hawaii Health System. He holds seven security certifications and a PhD from the Nova Southeastern University Graduate School of Computer and information sciences. Such a pleasure to have all three of you here. Thanks for joining. Awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So we are experiencing so many changes in, in healthcare and the opportunity for, for partnerships to happen in order to maximize technology exists in a big way. I'm excited to cover cybersecurity with you guys today. Before we start, though, just curious what, what you guys are enjoying about the conference. Well, actually, for me, it's awesome to see people in the, you know, in the flesh and blood and to see faces that I haven't seen before connecting. There's lots of great talks, just collaborating, some focus groups that I've been a part of, uh, networking and, and just uh, hanging out. So it's, it's great to, to be around friends. Once again. Right. We, we were gone for too long. Yeah, it, it was it was so exceptional that actually the uh, the conference organizer felt it was necessary to print little rubber bands that said, if you are green, you know, you, you agreed to shake hands and, and, and have hugs, you know, which I thought was I quite funny. But yeah, I mean, it's so great to uh, to meet with real people again. Couldn't agree more. Well, Guys, uh, healthcare organizations and in particular chief information officer leaders, they've been faced with challenges in cybersecurity the last few years from the increasing number of cyber attacks like rans ransomware and also surge of devices and patients due to COVID-19. One of the biggest challenges is securing connected devices, including medical devices. These devices, they're critical to patient care, but aren't designed with security in mind. What's the approach here in protecting these connected devices? Pascal, why don't you answer that one? Yeah, so it, it's absolutely true. One of the reasons why you know, it is so crucial to secure those connected devices is that unlike a manufacturing connected device where 
if it's if it's not working properly, if it's hacked, if it's uh, compromised, the production line start stops. In in healthcare, obviously, you you have patient lives at, at the end of that of that supply chain, and so the criticality is is extremely high. So. And it's true as well that most of those devices have been designed with with no cybersecurity in mind, and so we've we've tried to bridge that gap by working with uh, HDOs for the past five years, and trying to you know, bring of of course the the cybersecurity that that is absolutely necessary for those devices. The minute the device is connected, it's a window to the outside world. It can be hacked. It can be taken over. We've all. We still have, you know, the the sad memories of WannaCry, and that's that's really what what we're uh, what we're working towards. You know, making sure that those types of events never never happen again. Yeah, for sure, that's a great one. And and so so Jim, this one's for you. Order, they've been working with healthcare delivery organizations on securing connected devices for the past five years. Do, do you think the importance of securing medical devices is now well understood by by leaders? Yeah, I think that uh, leaders, CISOs, CIOs, maybe not the CEOs and the boards, but they they understand that hey, we need to secure these devices. But I, I'm you know at that executive management level, I don't think they really know the details. So medical devices are devices that typically the hardware goes for ten or fifteen years, software for maybe five years, and we have patches that are coming out, vulnerabilities that are being introduced on a daily, if not a minute basis, but, you know, definitely weekly, monthly. And they're simply, as uh, Pascal mentioned, they're simply not designed to be managed by IT. Typically, they're clinical engineering, biomedical engineering. These are folks, uh, awesome people, but they are not in IT. And they have, a, oftentimes, they have a whole different tool set of how they manage and, you know, do the lifecycle uh, management. Uh, so I, I think that we know on the security and the IT side that, hey, this is a problem. Uh, we can't use traditional antivirus. A lot of these operating systems that these devices are running on, they can't accept anything. They're managed, they're regulated oftentimes by the FDA and not by what oftentimes in uh, healthcare IT, it's you know HIPAA that we're kind of going by. So it's tough to secure them. So you have to be a little bit creative. Uh, you have to find, you know, where are these devices? Uh, one of the things that we experienced is, wow, we put order in and we didn't realize we had, you know, a couple hundred thousand IoT devices. We didn't, and plus it picked up all the personal devices that were attaching to the network. Oh, wow. So you, you, do, you don't really know what's in your backyard until you put a tool that can, you know, effectively discover what's there and then detect how the, uh, you know, are they acting appropriately? So there's a lot that uh, a tool like order can do, and I'm excited that uh, we're using it. That's great. Yeah. And, and there's so much that, that we don't know. And the opportunity to have visibility to that is, is critical. Jim, w- why was securing connected devices important to you in Fairview? And what were some of the requirements that, that you were looking to, to address with the security solution? Yeah, well, no, none of us want the big one to happen. That's a, a big business impacting event that could conceivably shut down a large provider of patient care. You know, we're an academic health system. We we have patients. We're serving the community. We don't need to have our doors shut, uh, not collecting revenue, not paying our 34,000 employees because of a ransomware attack or something. In the olden days, you know, number of years ago, not too far, 
it was about, oh, you got a data breach and you might have to pay a fine if you, know, if you were assessed a fine by OCR or something. But now we're seeing that you know people are being impacted. It's a patient safety, patient care, and so these are the devices that are you know connected uh, infusion pumps, etc. Uh, so we need to make sure that those devices are secured. And as I mentioned earlier, it's difficult to use traditional methods to secure them. So, yeah, so I'm excited that we're able to kind of get our arms around it, employ what's called micro segmentation, and detect activity, and try to stay on top of it. Yeah, for sure. A lot of leaders and, and healthcare delivery organizations are looking for help, as you know. Do you have any guidance for HDOs taking this challenge on and, and where, where should they start? Yeah, I think the one of the first things you could do and that you should do is to do a uh, risk analysis or risk assessment. So if you, uh, you can do it internally if you have uh, the staff to be able to do it. Oftentimes, if you're medium to large, you're a complicated complex organization, you might want to consider bringing an external party. They'll come in and they'll assess you based on maybe the NIST, NIST, CSF, uh, cybersecurity framework. Uh, there's uh, another initiative the government recently has been supporting called uh, HICCP, H-I-C-P 405-D. Heard about that one. Yeah. Yes. And so that gives you uh, security best practices. Uh, it identifies things that you should be doing. So maybe the top five threats that, that are out there and maybe the 10 best practices. So basically assess, uh, you know, assess your environment, kind of know what's in that backyard of yours. And one of the things you're going to understand quickly is that, hey, medical devices, there's a lot of them. Uh, and then we can also go beyond medical devices and, and uh, do what's called MIOT or uh, medical Internet of Things. So there's facilities and uh, building systems. Everything seems to be connected to the network. And so those are those are vulnerable for attackers. If they can get on those and get access to them, then they can cause harm to patients. And so uh, it, it all starts with doing an assessment, I think. And then you can see, well, what are, what are the things that were found? It could be tens of things, could be hundreds of, of gaps and say, well, what, what are the ones that I really need to focus on first that have the most negative impact that if something significant were to happen? So. I think medical devices, because they're so important to delivering care, those have to be looked at in a, and assessed in working with your clinical or bio, biomedical engineering teams, come up with a joint program. Typically, IT is not in that, that part of the, the organization. Work together to apply security patches to make sure you have a, an asset inventory and, and stay on top of those. Yeah, some, some great tips, Jim. And I think there's a lot of value through the journey of, of getting getting all these devices secured. When you guys implemented order, were there any interesting findings you could share? Yeah, so I, I might have mentioned it earlier that, wow, we have a lot of devices on the network. <laughs> like, where do these come from? Yeah. And if I were to ask just leaders and they say, well, how many devices do you think we have? And they might say, you know, 100 or 1,000. But or, you know, 10,000, but not in the hundreds of thousands. So I think it's the sheer number of devices that we've got. Also, when we did the implementation, uh, you know, how you actually implement the sensors and how you configure them technically on the network to be able to get to all the, the nooks and crannies of the network. Because we're an organization that is uh, built by acquisition. So we, we do have a, a single network, but you know, you, you can't necessarily get to all of the devices on all, all 
facets of the network unless you work with the network team to open up those ports and VLANs and those technical terms there. But yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, it's really working with all of the, the teams that would be involved to be able to get a full view and then to stay, to have that full ongoing visibility of the network because things are coming, things are going, sometimes things don't work. So they just kind of move it over and put it in a corner and shut the door behind the closet. And you're like, what happened to that uh, medical device? <laughs> you're it's looking like, well, for we can't it. find it. It's not anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's sitting over there in a closet for, you know, a week or two. Oh my gosh. So it's uh, working, it's everybody working together to make sure we can keep on top of all of our devices. Yeah. Some, some great insights, Jim, and thank you for sharing those. Certainly, we all have a, an opportunity to to get better in this space, and there's even other ways. So, so maybe Pascal or, or Jeremy, maybe when you guys can share different applications that that order can be can be used. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit this morning about see, know, and and secure. You know, which are the three logical steps typically on a on a customer journey like Fairview. You you cannot protect anything unless you know what what it is, and so. You know, we've, we've put a lot of work making sure that uh, we could see, understand which devices are in the network in a non-intrusive way, right? You, you cannot apply certain methods like active scanning on, uh, you know, on, on a medical device because you could alter the behavior of the device and then put the, the, the health of the patient at risk. Right. And so you need to come up with, with methods that are passive, agentless. And, and that's really important. Then know, you know, uh, the, uh, the threats and the, the vulnerabilities around those, those devices, and then act. I think for, for many customers, and it might be the, the case for you as well, Jim, I think the, the growl is, is to get to a situation where all the devices are perfectly segmented in some kind of a zero trust type of, of philosophy. Right, and then maintain that that state of of organization, and as Jim mentioned, you know it's a very dynamic environment. You know, devices come and go, and sometimes devices come into the business without without anybody knowing. You know, it might be a nurse who is is really excited to put an Alexa box in a in a room for children to be able to play their tunes. Well, that's great. She doesn't know that she's actually opening a window to the outside. She, and, and those are the types of, of examples that, that we have to deal with. So that, that's one thing. The other thing is, and maybe Jeremy can talk a little bit more about it. As Jim indicated, there are multiple personas in the, uh, the healthcare industry that we need to cater to. And uh, security and networking, we've, we've talked uh, substantially about. But there is this biomedical engineering population, which is extremely important to the, uh, the, the general functioning of the, uh, the business. And we are reinforcing the functionalities that we're bringing to this population. And specifically, we just came out with a new product called Order 8, uh, Clinical Defender. And we, we've substantially increased the level of functionalities that we're putting in the, the hands of this this population. Jeremy, do you want to comment a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting, Jim, you were talking about kind of the journey that you're going through. And we actually have a playbook. And that playbook talks about, you know, the things that you get when you first implement, which is the see and know what's going on out there. But it also talks about the other components that you have to have. And some of them are not technology, right? They're people. And it's getting those other teams in play because this is a, a, a game, you know, it's like a football team, right? It's not one person. The quarterback doesn't throw the ball down the field. Right. If there's nobody down there. So getting everybody involved in this entire process is really important. And each one of those personas or organizations really has a different view of what they want and what they need. 
And so having this clinical defender really, I mean, we've always had the networking piece and some of the security pieces and all the other sorts of things, but really focusing in on that HTM or the biomed team and providing those things that they need instantly when they first walk in in the morning is really important for actionable data. Yeah, some some great points there and and a lot of things for for us all to, to consider. The other topic at hand here is ransomware. So Jim, what do you recommend CISOs and other security leaders to secure their business against ransomware attacks? Yeah, one of the things that we have done is we brought in a, a, a firm to do a ransomware readiness assessment. And so what that is, it's a, a combination of tabletops, but it's running through all of our security protocols in the event of, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the big one. So we have a, a complete and total down. We're down, we can't function no access to the network uh, similar to an organization I know about a year ago that they had a similar they had a situation like that where all they had were SMS texting they had their cell phones running off of you know cellular signals and they also had uh, I think it was uh, Cisco Jabber web conferencing or something but they had to run for four three to four weeks the entire hospital you know delivering labs I mean it was uh, you know People are used to being down for a few hours with the EHR not not in use, and we can take care of patients. But if you if your imaging system goes down and you have a an event like a, a significant ransomware event, you cannot uh, accept emergency patients that have to use radiology if you can't take your, their images. So you have to divert them. So it's a it's a huge you know it's a huge significant concern to the organization. They can't collect revenue. So uh, going through that process more than just the technical, but also bringing in the operational leaders, the executives, you know, what is their role, tying it into the, to the business continuity, emergency preparedness, that, that part uh, to, to say we've, we've done the exercise, we've got a playbook, we've got, we know that if something were to happen that was significantly negative, then we're ready rather than, oh no, something happened. And, you know, you did a tabletop for a couple hours, but you don't really know what you're going to do. And it's, chaos and pandemonium. Uh, so I think that's important. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's not possible to stop every attack. I know we recently been, for the last four or five months, have been tracking how many attacks are we getting at MHealth Fairview, my organization. So we have 34,000 employees uh, and we're getting 12 hospitals, about 50 clinics. Uh, we're getting about 400,000 attacks per day through email, through the network or uh, firewall or wow. through endpoint devices. So most people, if you it's ask insane. them, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Leader, how many uh, cyber attacks do we get at our organization? They might say, well, a couple, couple a week maybe, four a month. <laughs> no, we're in the hundreds of thousands. So, and we're a mid-sized organization. So there, and this has nothing to do with the recent activity uh, over in the, uh, you know, Ukraine and Russia, et cetera. This is just, uh, although HHS uh, has said shields up, everybody, you know, get prepared. So this is just what's been going on even before then. So healthcare is a target, finan financial services are targets. So I, I think it's uh, having as much protection as you can, but then also detection, which I think another thing that order is helpful in is it can look for anom anomalous behavior. And if we see a device that's high CPU usage that normally it's, you know, it's not sending out 200,000 emails. It never normally does that for a 
infusion pump. So what's going on here? So it can detect, uh, you know, inappropriate or abnormal activity. So that's good. So I think timely detection is good because, uh, you, as I mentioned, you can't stop everything. But if uh, in California, one of the places where I um, lived for many years, it, we have a lot of earthquakes and fires and it's not possible to keep fires from happening, but you can quickly put them out. So I yes. think being able to example. quickly detect, hey, there's some activity here. One of our edge servers, uh, you know, there's, it's doing things it shouldn't. And then, and then uh, blocking it because with uh, good security is going to be layers of defense. And so if you can't get them, in, you know, at the, at the very front door, then maybe get them at the next door. You know, and yep. stop what's called that kill chain. So keep them from actually getting to the point where they get to your data, they can shut it down, they can say, I need, you know, I want to give you, I want to send you a ransom note, et cetera. Well, Jim, a fantastic example. And we have an opportunity to, to dig into this further. The partnership between health systems and tech companies like Order are, are so important, just kind of putting hands together to solve some of these challenges. So I'm really grateful for, for all of you jumping on the mic today to talk about some of these very serious issues. Any, any takeaway points here that, uh, that you guys wanna share? I wanna give an opportunity to each of you, a takeaway point that you want our listeners to leave with. Yeah, I'm happy to, uh, to start. I think the, uh, the, the areas of, of added value go way beyond just the, the security of, of devices. There is added value in, in the, the information that we can provide about how devices are being utilized, right? And, and we haven't discussed that, but I think it's, it's quite important. And it, it adds value by helping our customers understand, for instance, well, we have 10 infusion pumps in, in that uh, department. Nine of them are being utilized at, at full capacity, but one of them is only utilized at, at 50% capacity. Can we consolidate there? Can we optimize, right? So that's, that's one area that, that is important. And then there is a brand new area that many people are talking about right now, which is cyber insurance. And I think the cost of insurance is becoming prohibitive for good reasons, right? And many, many organizations that we talk with at the beginning seem to rely on insurance to solve the problem. It's not solving the problem. And the insurance providers are now putting premiums that are so high that if you don't have a solution like order in place, then the cost is, is going to be impossible to, uh, uh, to come up with. So. Yeah, great take, great takeaway, Pascal. Appreciate that. Jeremy, yeah, and take to away add, from you. Yeah, to add kind of to both comments, one was the kill chain. Right, and the speed to actually resolving issues. Because you're right, not everything's going to solve every problem, but the speed of which we can respond and the speed of what we can recover is really important. And that goes right to kind of the cyber uh, insurance piece, because the faster you can solve the problem, the less issues you're going to have, the less downtime, you know, everything else goes down, and the insurance companies really love that. Great takeaway there. Yeah, and it's not uncommon for uh, health systems to have their in this year, what, 2022, to have their cyber insurance tripled uh, and have deductibles oh Lord. increased by a factor of two. Or, and, and you get 50% less. Uh, and then there's some it's things, crazy. there's some components of ransomware that uh, insurance providers are not even going to consider covering at all. So you have to, you can't look to wow. cyber insurance to, you know, well, first of all, I don't know if I'd I'd be happy with cyber insurance if I wasn't going to have my organization running for a month, you know, so that's not really even a, like a 
a good trade. Yeah. But I think I think uh, my my final comment would be to, you know, we we have a lot of things we need to work on in uh, you know in healthcare. It's not a simple solution, and often and then sometimes we move from job to job, and you know it's, it's a little bit of a shifting environment. It's important that every solution or every product or platform that you partner well with, uh, you know, the customer and the vendor work together to make it, uh, and it's not something you do only at this contract signing, but you do it, you know, annually. And you say, how can we, how can, how can we get the most value? How can we fully utilize this product? And then yes. on the customer side, hey, what do we need to do on our end to help you to be successful rather than it's all in the vendor? You guys aren't walking on water, you know, what's the problem? So I think it's that that takes an effort building, uh, spending time meeting and discussing and sharing strategies and visions and the roadmap, et cetera. So it, it's, uh, I think we need to have less vendors, uh, less products and better, you know, more utilized, better valued platforms. Awesomely said, Jim. Awesomely said. Gentlemen, uh, I want to thank all of you, Jim, Pascal, Jeremy, for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much, Tim. I mean, we're honored to uh, to work with Fairview and, and with you specifically and, and your team. Thank you. Thank you, Saul. So